Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Sullis, and with me as always is my very, very talented friend, who is my little racer ex, Trixie and Chim Chim, all wrapped up in one. She is a mixtress, DC Gina. I am so nervous for whatever the trick trick thing <laughs> you just said was. And I thought that maybe you were on the mic one too. I'm not sure what's happening. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll help you get there. They were all characters from Speed Racer. So I know that cartoon. There you go. It's a cartoon, right? Yes. There Racer X, Trixie, and Chim Chim. They were Racer X X's friends. Go Speed Racer. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So speaking of speedsters, Gina, have you ever heard of Robert Glenn Jr. Johnson? No. I didn't think so. He was named one of NASCAR's 50 greatest drivers of all time. And he was inducted into the NASCAR Hall of Fame in 2010. But there's another interesting fact about Junior I think you're going to want to know. He was a famous moonshine runner. Mm. Yep. And without him and other bootleggers like him, there would be no NASCAR. This I know. So, oh, so then I, my question to you is, how is that, you ask? Yeah. You ruined my setup. Uh, well, you Dukes of Hazard. anything. I mean, that, he, was a, he was a bootlegger. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay, so along those lines. Are we going to say moonshine? We're going to talk about moonshine. Oh, Maybe we get to go running down the street. I don't know. So I just got excited because that's when I like to take off my shirt and move on. <laughs> We'd have to evade the police, which is what most moonshiners like Johnson did. And to do so, they began... Or Daisy Duke. Or Daisy Duke. So her booty's hanging out, though. Um, so <laughs> in order to do this, to do that, to outrun Smokey, of course, they had to soup up their cars. Smokey the another one. Exactly. Okay, and animal runways. I'm moving on. All right, she I'll stole stop. me off my script. <laughs> Maybe it's the alcohol. Anyway, uh, so they'd soup up their cars and practice their tricky maneuvers. Um, but when they weren't trying to outrun Smokey, they would also race one another to see who indeed was the better driver or who had the faster car. And as this cat caught on, onlookers began watching these so-called race cars. And sometimes they even put a little money on their favorite driver. And the rest, they say, is history. Uh, I love it. So, all this talk about American-made hooch and people who make it possible brings me to today's designated drinker. He is none other than the Director of Spirits Education at Moonshine University. Please welcome Colin Blake to the show. Welcome to the show, Colin. Why, hello. Thank you so much for having me. What a, a delightful little journey down moonshine history as an introduction. I'm surprised we didn't talk about Mr. Burt Reynolds smuggling cores as well and smoking the bandit. So we did open an episode recently with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I cheated. But Daisy Duke, I know who she was. <laughs> so when you're not wearing your Daisy Dukes, Colin... <laughs> What is an educator of spirits? What does that mean? So it is, uh, yeah, th that title is a, an interesting one. Um, and that's what happens when uh, you, you get to just make up your own title. My, my first title uh, was Headmaster of Liquorial Studies. So not only did I invent the title, I invented a word uh, in the title. Uh, but in short, uh, what I do is I head up operations at uh, an educational distillery where we teach people how to open, run, and operate their own distillery. So we handle all things spirits from sensory training to every aspect of being a part of a distillery. 
So, Colin, I, uh, too, am a master of making up names for yourself. I call myself a mixtress, which is a blend of head mistress of bartending slash I really like to dance it out at night. So, hence <laughs> the mixtress. So, I'm kind of into it. Well, did you just ultimately shorten that? Because that's very hard to put on a business card. I mean, that, that business card right. might need so to fold out. Right, so we call it because the mixtress that- DC. <laughs> so I'm your lady of the night libations, if you will. That is spectacular. Now a mama of two, but what can you do? <laughs> so tell us a little bit about Moonshine University. So Moonshine University is uh, pretty pretty interesting. It's the, the only place like it in the U.S. and really the world. It's custom-built distillery that's purely for education. So we opened up in 2012, had our first class in 2013, And our first class, and still the main class that we run, is a six-day distiller course. And that's where people come in um, and experience over 35 industry professionals, speaking on whatever their expertise uh, topic is, uh, and learn the entire industry from hands-on distilling of whiskey, rum, gin, vodka, to learning compliance, state compliance, labeling, um, proof engaging all the government tax paperwork. Uh, it's just a delightful week. Um, <laughs> but from that class alone, we've had people from all 50 states, 48 different countries, and we've helped about 190 distilleries open around the world so far. So we're really proud of that class. Uh, but then out of that, we have uh, built two and three day kind of deep dive workshops like fermentation, barrel aging, um, sensory training. Uh, for people who just want to do deeper dives into what they get in one or two hours in that six-day distiller course. And uh, then recently, uh, in 2015, so maybe not so recently, everything feels, when you hit a certain age, everything is recently. I still say I recently moved back from L.A., but that was like a decade ago. Um, So uh, we launched a public-facing endeavor called the Stave and Thief Society, which is an intense day-long class where uh, people come and hang out uh, with myself and the distiller here at Moonshine University, Clay Smith, and we do hands-on bourbon making in the distillery. We do tons of sensory training. We go through all the ins and outs of bourbon in a very unbranded way. And after you pass the test at the end of the day, you are an executive bourbon steward. So that's an exciting thing that we do here as well. And we also have a study at home version uh, for people who who can't make it all the way out to, to Louisville to take that class. But between those two endeavors and some consulting and some private barrel work and some private development and some private classes and some uh, ad hoc teaching, uh, you know, that's all we do. You're keeping yourself just a little busy, huh? We try to. We try to. That's what, you know, that's one way to stay out of trouble, at least, you know. <laughs> so wait, is it, so you know what? I'm going to give you the chicken or the egg um, question. Were you a bartender that went into this world or you were a scientist that loved it? That is a great question that I generally dodge in front of classes uh, because I have two arts degrees uh, and have no background in either science or spirits. Uh, I uh, have a very Kramer-esque type of life where I just keep falling into like really interesting, cool, fun jobs. Uh, And when I moved back to to Louisville, I originally started working for our sister company, which is Flavor Man. And Flavor Man is Wonka's factory for beverages. Um, They design anything, any consumable liquid for man or beast. Uh, They do it next door. There's NDAs, so we can't say who they work with, but I can guarantee anyone uh, who's hearing the, my dulcet tones right now has had many things designed at our sister company. 
Uh, but I was working as their creative director. I was doing design work, copywriting, heading up marketing endeavors. But then when the distillery started getting uh, operational, our first distiller was getting trained and I was just snuck over, right? Just go across the parking lot. Uh, I wanted to learn as much about distilling as possible, but for the two weeks of that first main training, uh, no one here, uh, you know, from the original Moonshine University team kicked me out. Uh, the owner of the sister company never pulled me back. So after two two weeks of really just learning the entire process and falling in love really with the the science and the art and the, the craft of distilling, I went back to the the owner and was just like, who's in charge of the, the classroom? Because, you know, I... I love it. And he's just like, I, you, sure, why not? Um, very early in the, the the company, obviously, where those types of decisions can be made um, rather haphazardly. But uh, I also wanted to make it perfectly clear to him, I only wanted to be in the classroom because after learning how to distill, I also very quickly learned I don't like distilling because it is uh, hot, it's a lot of lifting, <laughs> and it's like 90% cleaning. Um, a lot of people always talk about like how much they want to learn how to distill and it'll be so cool. And it's just like, it's just, it's 90% cleaning, it's 5% paperwork, and it's 5% actually making a spirit. Um, and Clay, uh, earmuffs. He's he's a couple desk over. I don't want him to hear that. I don't want him to start wanting to come to, to on, on my end of the building with the classroom. That's a perfect answer, right? I yeah. love it. Well, you know, it's a good thing you know what you wanted. <laughs> I'd say bartending. Even when you didn't. Bartending 70, at least 70% cleaning. You're cleaning something. Well, isn't that why stuff. every bartender in film and TV always has a rag, right? They're always wiping <laughs> something. There's always a rag. That, that is the, like, I feel that the bartender <laughs> in, in cinema has been like pigeonholed to a white rag holding person. You mean you like, want me to be really, Sam from Are they Cheers? even making drinks? <laughs> <laughs> Prove that point. Thank you. All right. For the million dollar question, what was Sam's last name on Cheers? Malone. Love it. Good job. Love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> you, you can't stump me on Cheers trivia. I am already ready to go take this class. I don't even know about you, Louise, but I feel like this is going to be super fun. Oh, it'd be so much fun. Yeah. We would not be good students, so I don't think. I feel like it's okay not to be a good student, right? <laughs> I think we'd Everybody's be interrupted, student, particularly if you're you're just having fun. But I will tell you, the the first few like six day classes we had, there were heartbreaking uh, feedback at the the end of the week because, you know, we were just getting our you know kind of the feel for it uh, early. We even from class one, we were very proud with what we put together. But people came up to us after the first class and like shook our hands and they were like, "Oh, this class was great. We're never going to open a distillery." And we were just kind of like, <gasps> like heartbroken, like, oh, no. And they're like, no, 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 no. That's a good thing. You made us realize, like, you saved us tons of heartache, tons of time, and millions of dollars. So thank you. This this industry is not for me. Because the reality is, is people don't realize, like, it's not like brewing or winemaking where you can do it at home. And it can be kind of a hobby and, you know, a passive thing. Like, you can't do it at home. It's completely illegal. I don't care what you think your state says. Trust me, it's 100% <laughs> illegal to distill at home. Um, but it's not part-time. It's not, uh, you know, half in. Like, it is a huge, serious commitment. And people don't realize it. it's the second most regulated industry after pharmaceuticals. Um, so there, there is an onslaught of oversight and paperwork and inspections and... Uh, on and on. So funny. Drugs, alcohol. Hmm. One in the same. Who I know, would what, have thought? 
Two, two, two very fun items, I feel like, sometimes. Anyway, so much to say that. Yes. You shouldn't say that. No, you shouldn't say that. You should have never, ever do those things. <laughs> never. Ever. There, there Especially is, not together. There's never together. an overlap in the Venn diagram of those two items. Yes. Although, funny. Maybe adjacency, but never overlap. Never overlap. <laughs> Follow all the warnings, people. That's all I say. FDA it. Uh, anyway, I need a cocktail. Let's do it. Let's let's get let's get that. I need a cocktail, and I'm gonna be honest with you. I have to I have to say, I was thinking about this drink today. I was like, what are we gonna do? What's really fun? Um, a little bird told me. Me and Louise said it had to have Irish whiskey in it. Um, I said yes. Jameson. I love Jameson and mezcal shots. Mix Jameson and mezcal 50-50. Shake it over ice, and you have a good time there. Um. Uh, what's funny is I'm at my bar last call here in D.C., and guess what? Uh, I only have cold brew Jameson, so you know what I have here that I, it's not Jameson? I have a little bit of Tullamore Dew. Uh, also a little a little Irishy, if you'd like. Irishy? Irishy. I would say it's very Irishy. <laughs> I would actually say it's in the heart of Ireland, so it's heartland Irishy. So it's pretty damn Irish. <laughs> It's very actually. So I'm going to add my. I'm also going to take a little bit of uh, El Silencio uh, mezcal, and we're going to mix them together, and a little bit of um, pineapple juice and a bit of simple syrup, and there, in fact, is going to be a good time. So you can serve this drink up, or you can serve this on the rocks, however you'd like to serve it. Um, I'm going to do this one on, on crushed ice, something that could be really fun at home. Make a pitcher. So basically, you would. Um, times this recipe by six, and you make a pitcher, throw it in a blender, serve it to all your friends poolside, and you will be the winner. Deal. There you go. Deal? Deal. All right. So. Do you right. serve it with floaties, though, I mean, for safety? No, you serve your friends floaties. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, floaties, give them, yeah, yeah, Like water wings. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Garnish I mean, with water wing. <laughs> I mean, I never get in the pool unless it has a bar stool in it and then you don't have to get out to go to the bathroom. Who said that? <laughs> one. So we're going to do one ounce of Irish whiskey. I'm making two cocktails. We're going to do one ounce of mezcal. Use your favorite mezcal in this recipe. Like if you like, you know, a really smoky mezcal, then you're really going to like that in your drink. If you're more of a lighter hearted uh, mezcal or tequila, uh, I would say in the silver realm or anejo with this. I wouldn't get too uh, crazy and throw a reposado in there. It's just a little, the flavor profile is a little different. Okay, so we're going to put one ounce of pineapple juice and we're going to use one ounce of simple syrup per cocktail. Does it get any easier? I mean, not really. If you really wanted, so if you do these frozen, which would be really nice, I'd put a couple of micro drops of um, Angostura on top just for a little scenting, really. So maybe we'll do that when we do this drink. So we have all of our ingredients in there for two cocktails. We're going to add ice, shake, and strain over fresh ice. And let's see what glass we're going to use. For the, I guess we're going to use these. Ice, ice. All right. Cap it. Shake it. Oh, it smells terrible. <laughs> Nobody's going to like this Terribly drink. good. <laughs> it's kind of uh, interesting. So um, 
One thing that when you're doing this drinking, you shake it. I kind of like to pour this one straight in. It's a good up drink if you like as well because you have pineapple in there. Pineapple has great viscosity. Um, so it makes it a little bit uh, foamy. Obviously, you can put that in there. You can use pineapple fawns for a garnish if you like. Um, whatever kind of floats your boat. But in the end, it's just about the cocktail. <laughs> Cheers. 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 Oh, that is good. Oh, that is a delight. Isn't it always a, um, it's always my favorite when you take four, like, really on, like, like, ingredients that you don't feel like it's going to be good, and you put them together, and you're like, that's great. And that's yeah. 90% of bartending, everybody's just taking a bunch <laughs> of stuff together and shoving it in the glass. And if it doesn't work, go, oh, that's terrible, but we're going to drink it anyway. Yeah. So if you'd like to become a bartender, you can work for free for me. And if it's horrible, just keep adding uh, St. Germain, right? <laughs> that's pretty funny actually i might i might use that one um my my, my elixir fixer is angostura if it's terrible i said angostura and i'm like don't you like the bitters because they can cover up anything <laughs> i'm i'm pretty sure that you could put like a shoe in a glass and shake it at angostura yeah. and it'd be halfway decent and, and it's kind of funny because in the the spirits world you know when you're just tasting spirits unto themselves um like the the version of uh, I'm I'm sure y'all are familiar with the bless his heart yes. right that like very kind of backhanded um, so the, in the spirits world the kind of like same like bless your heart is oh this would be so good in a cocktail <laughs> very much being like oh you got a lot to cover up in this thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah so Gina you, you're right I I as a novice, would never think to put these ingredients together. You were also skeptical. She should have seen her face. She was cringing at me, everybody. That is not true. That, she I, was like, I, always, I know it's always going to be was good. Like, is she? That's happening here. <laughs> no, but so the pineapple, I mean, sometimes you think pineapple juice is really, really sweet. Is it? Is it the smoke and the mezcal that brings it back? Or is it just the combination? Because it's really, again, how, how do people understand so, when they get like adventurous? So that smoke you're tasting is definitely your mezcal, but that viscosity you have, that mouthfeel is from your Irish whiskey. Um, I love Irish whiskey. And not because like I just like doing shots of it. Um, Irish whiskey <laughs> has a really nice, always has a really nice mouthfeel. And that's what kind of makes it so lovely. And it lends itself really nicely to, um, you know, other cocktails, especially um, things that would be a little bit strong. This is a strong cocktail. This isn't, you know, for the faint of heart. This is, yes. this is like, you know, a bit tropical. Yes. And um, I think we came up with a funny name for it. What was the name for it? I believe it was Irishman on Vacation yeah. or Tropical <laughs> Irishman or Sunburn Irishman. Something funny. Or Irishman Irish, lost Ooh, that I would change it. Irish suntan. I there don't know. There you go. Yeah, isn't that just real? <laughs> but isn't that just a freckle then? No, is this suntan no. just a freckle for an Irishman? Yeah, but but if it was called the Irish suntan, you wouldn't you? That's more like just implying that it's going to burn. <laughs> that's uh, true. Because <laughs> you can't put an Irishman under the sun and not expect a burn. Then it just becomes a raisin, right? I could kill this in two steps. I gotta stop. <laughs> so before, before you, you can do, just drink this, right? It's one of those things that you just can it's drink. Spectacular. Yeah, and it's I dangerous. I am a huge like I love whiskey and mezcal together. The the cocktails that put those together. Now the first time I saw it on a menu, I thought I thought it was the height of dubious. Um, I and so I think the first time I had it, it was like uh, a rye whiskey, a mezcal, mm. um, some sort of ver, vermouth and bitters, and I, and it was served room temperature. So I was like, 
well, that's adventurous. Yeah. Uh, but so am I. So I got it and was like, oh, that is delightful. That so, is just a bucket of tasty booze. I, I want <laughs> I want to like room temperature cocktails. I just am one of those people that like, even if it's like snowing and ice and like, I and like literally hailing at the same time and it's like arctically below zero. <laughs> I'm like, can you put some ice in my drink? So I can't do the room temp, I can't do hot and I can't do room temperature. As a matter of yeah, fact, I, I don't can't even, do I don't even take my soup, I go to restaurants and I'll order soup and then sit. <laughs> and they're like, did you not like it? I'm like, no, I'm gonna totally love it like in a minute. <laughs> or 10. <laughs> yeah, or I'm gonna put this ice in it and then I'm gonna drink it. Yeah, that's terrible. Okay, I know. I'm a. You know what is my mother's? My mother's boss. She used to put ice cubes in like chicken soup. Yeah, and everything. So uh, where's somebody gonna go to get this um not cold soup cocktail? <laughs> They're gonna go to designated drinker dot show. And clearly, I don't know what you're talking. All right, so you're gonna go to designated drinker dot show to get the tips and tricks and how to use and what my um favorite color is. And and you're gonna designated drinker dot show. Okay. Okay, so, so wait, where are they going to go? You're going to go to designateddrinker.show. I got it. You got it, Colin? Oh, I got it. So the other thing you're going to get is not just Gina's how-tos and the recipes. We'll also make sure that we'll have uh, links to, to the Moonshine University for people who want to become smarter than the rest of us. Um, and find out what Colin's up to, and maybe he'll let us stay at his house or something. I'm sure his wife would love that. that, that that's why we have a big backyard for tents. <laughs> that's perfect yes ah oh. too funny too funny i'm into this right yeah so um so what's up what's happening how i know that you say you have classes going um you're, you're doing them in person as well as virtually correct how does one sign up i mean what what kind of tips and tricks do you have for making sure we get into oh, those classes we, we have endless and uh I am the worst with our, our own schedule. Everyone makes fun of me, even though I make our schedule. I have no idea what's happening here, ever. Because uh, I plan like a year in advance. You would have to ask me a year ago today what was going to happen this year. Uh, but if you want to check out all the tasty treats that we have uh, for Moonshine University, go to moonshineuniversity.com and check out the classes there. Or if you want to know more about bourbon and get super nerdy with sensory training and hands-on, check out staventhief.com, and that has our the onslaught of classes that we have every year uh, for that program as well. But uh, I think a little bird told me, I think his name was Colin, he said to make sure that people understand that you, if you see it and it's available, you better sign up right then and there because your classes oh, that's very fill true. up Thank fast, you. right? Uh, that is true. Uh, yeah, so we do have limited seating. We have a small classroom and things sell out really quick. We get a lot of people who call us like two weeks before a class and they're like, when I started looking at this class six months ago, there were seats available. Now I, I can't get a seat. And we're like, but yeah, it's, it, it's sold out. <laughs> Do you not understand the, the whole concept of supply and demand and <laughs> quantities? Have you, have you, have you been working on the barter system your entire life? Um, so yeah. I feel like you're talking so about you my husband. So if you do see a class and operates. you're planning on coming, sign up because those, those do go quick. I love this. I do like how you fall in and out of this deep southern accent. It's kind of it's kind of fun. Oh, th that that last accent. Uh, I don't know if that would be southern. That might insult the entire <laughs> everybody south of the Mason Dixon line. But I'll take it because even though we're questionably. 
uh, under the Mason-Dixon line. We're, we're close enough to Indiana that we can claim Midwest, too. So, uh, yeah, I do slip in and out because uh, it turns out when I was younger and I had a wry sense of humor, uh, I would say obvious jokes to me and a couple other people. And other people, uh, the vast majority of people, uh, thought I was serious, uh, which got me into endless trouble. So I've decided uh, to do a, a rather high-pitched affectation uh, anytime I'm trying to deliver a joke, which... <laughs> Uh, now makes me look like a, a you know a fifties common comedian out of the Catskills. So whether they're laughing with you or at you, it's fine. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I, I got their money either way. <laughs> that is very sinister, and I love it. All right, Colin, we have one last question: this Is how we know if you listened to the Designated Drinker show before or not? You did your homework. Um, so in this day and age, everybody identifies themselves with a different sort of spirit animal. And you might identify yourself with a sheepdog, so cute and funny and laugh and make everybody laugh and feel great. And then basically don't listen to them and just do your own thing. Um, but if you can identify yourself with one spirit ingredient, whether it's for cocktail or for food, what would that ingredient be and how do you, and how does it define you? Oh, that is spectacular. Um, so I will say that it would probably be a hatch green chili because uh, I was born and raised in New Mexico. Uh, I think it is a great addition to nearly every single food. And I have made uh, like green chili bitters and uh, other kind of little cocktail things with green chili. So if I do have a spirit animal, it is my home state of New Nueva Mexico's uh, hatch green chili. Very oh my much God. so. That's the first time we've ever had that. That's amazing. <laughs> really? What, what do most people do? Cherry? Uh, no, we've had people do peppers, but not that one. And that's also the great, that's a great answer. And I love it. We get a lot of um, salt. salt. A lot of people go with salt because it's, yeah. you know, universal and inclusive. Yeah, it's great. Yours was just like straight on, like that is my spirit ingredient. Awesome. Yes, I, I, I love it. Yeah, I mean, I, it, 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 it's, it's at my soul. Uh, because I literally, when I moved back to Kentucky from uh, the West, like had to get online and find out who could ship me like 50 pound bags and like so that I could grill out and strip it and process it. And I'm a little lazy these days now that I have a child. So now I just order it processed. Uh, but yeah, there's always like a, a bag in the, the freezer ready to, to thaw and, and replace the, the empty container in the fridge. Big time. Great. That's awesome. 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 On that note, that was an amazing answer, amazing episode, learning amazing new things. Thank you for such a great time. Cheers. 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 Thank you so pleasure. much for having me on. Thank you for coming. The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a podcast media company that is dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia, led by skilled caregivers Bobby and Mike Carducci. Now, if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Please don't forget to subscribe, download, and review the shows. Your review helps our shows reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company.